Hey y'all, Krista here, giving you a little update and disclaimer on this important episode you're about to hear on how do we respond when we are experiencing crisis in our lives. It's focused on the coronavirus, as you might have guessed. This episode was recorded a week ago, and as you know, things have amped up a lot since then. But this week's episode has too many goodies in it to keep it silent, so Catherine and I are letting go of perfection and letting you know we are where things have gotten more serious. And yes, of course, we are following what our local, state, and government officials are asking us to do to keep everybody as safe and as healthy as possible. With all that said, this episode contains tips and perspective on how you might want to go through your days and make some choices that are particular to your situation. We love you all. We hope this gives you the gift of some calm and peace and, of course, laughter in this challenging time. Spread the love. All right, listen up. (laughs) Listen up, fuckers. Listen, listen, fuckers. So this is a wild time. All of us facing into this coronavirus and what we should be doing. How do we actually sort out what's right for us, what's good for us, what's healthy, and what's right for our participation with the world at this moment? Listen up as we share some thoughts and ideas from a spiritual perspective and give you a sense of calm through this journey. Welcome to... Holy fuck. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClelland, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Holy Fuck Podcast. Hi, Catherine. Hey, Krista. It's a wild time in the old wild world today. It sure is. It's like doom and gloom out there. Shut down. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really quite remarkable what's happening in the world and the perspective that's coming from all different angles and lots and lots of different stories about what to do and what when to do it. And of course, we're talking about the coronavirus. Of course, we're talking about the coronavirus, but we're also really not. We're talking about how do you know what to do in a crisis? Mm-hmm. How do you, in particular, make choices for yourself? Because honestly, we're just really responsible for ourselves. And how do we be like these amazing, incredible, responsible humans, take care of the people in our world, take care of the world, care about people, but not give up our power to someone who thinks they know better? We have to hold on to our truth and create some balance. I feel like this is such a risky topic. Well, I feel because- like this is very charged, you know, and like even for me, it's right now it's like, how do we come up, come out and talk about this and, you know, not get the haters out there? <laughs> There's that little part of me. And I know that you've had some experience you know, on social media <laughs> with it. And I know I'm witnessing other people, like the tensions are getting kind of high. And it's this moment of like, okay, everybody, how can we settle it down? And, you know, where, what do we return to to bring ourselves back into peace? And so it, it, you're kind of right. Like it doesn't matter whether it's the coronavirus or a cancer diagnosis or a divorce, right? It's crisis time. For you and I, we use the same spiritual psychology tools or the same belief system to kind of bring us back into peace. And like the, we use the same lens to view 
all of the different problems. Yeah. And if you want to see my air quotes, problems. problems. So if you want to look at it from a problem perspective, mm-hmm. what we would say is there's only ever one problem mm-hmm. and there's only ever one solution. I love this. I do too. So with the one problem we're dealing with today is that we're scared oh, and we yeah. don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And the answer to what to do is really where the solution, right? That's what we're trying to get towards. And Krista was just very eloquently talking about that. And and she did mention that I was kind of right, which I actually am. No, I'm kind of right. <laughs> what did I say? You're kind of right about? You're like, you're kind of right about that. I'm like, I'm kind of right. So, <laughs> I don't want to give you full credit. <laughs> I know. Well, Krista gets some credit too. And certainly so does all the people who have ever taught us anything. And here's the deal. The most information that we'll ever have is going to come through our settled and calm consciousness, and it's going to give us the intuition and the guidance to know in our situation, once we've taken in the material facts Mm -hmm. and really looked for credible sources for that, beyond the sort of general hysteria, if we center, if we meditate, if we calm our nervous system down, we can think. We can bring our loving into it. We can ask ourselves, what would be, <laughs> what would Jesus do? <laughs> but what would love do? What would be the highest calling for me? If I'm a nurse, what is my highest calling? Is it staying home with my own family because I have an aging parent in my home and I don't really want to infect them or take a chance and I have kids? So I'm just going to kind of circle the wagons. Is that my answer? I will only know that. Or is it that I go to work and I really, really support people who ha- who are ill and also my coworkers who have to go home, who can't stay? You know, or or what is my work? Is mm. my work just like meditating and sending massive <laughs> amounts of love energy? We know that prayer works, that people heal. And wherever we know there are people who are wanting to heal and who are in distress, we send loving energy. The other day, there was a global meditation for loving energy, and it went out at 9 o'clock in the morning, and it was something like a ridiculous number of thousands and thousands of people that did it together. It lifts us. It is not baloney. It is consciousness. It is energy, and it draws us into a field where we heal. Healing Mm -hmm. comes from the rest and restore system that's built into our bodies. But if we're freaking out, you don't got it. It's just not there. I have to be honest and say that I don't watch the news and I'm rarely on social media. So I feel like I'm a little late to the game with the hysteria (laughs) that's been building because I would almost say like up until this morning, I was just like, what? There's a virus? And I don't say that to like, I don't know if everyone know how ignorant I am, but it's this like, I don't put that type of information into my brain. So it's this interesting thing of it's so much a part of certain people's lives because that's the information that they're following and engaging in. Because I don't buy into that type of, I don't know, news or watching TV, that type of thing, or reading magazines, I don't, I'm not putting that in my brain every day. So it doesn't come into my thoughts. So it's really like, I think maybe even last night I was out and someone, you know, mentioned it. And I was like, really? Or is this, is this a thing? And I started tuning in this morning and putting my feelers out and opening up to what the rest of the world was doing. I was like, oh, wow, there's like 
this big thing happening that I'm not aware of. And I noticed that within myself, my hysteria started amping up. And that's not very typical of me with these big type of things, but I noticed that it was like I was like feeding the beast with the information. And so, you know, the last couple of days, it's not like I haven't known that is going on for the last week, but I didn't, haven't been buying into the uh, massiveness of it. And that's not the right word, but you know what I'm talking about. The group think, the world consciousness, the... the Yeah, it's like all of a sudden this morning, I felt like a tether from the group consciousness just like roped me in really quickly. And all of a sudden it was like, you're coming with us. And I was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah, that is what's happening, right? And Mm -hmm. and we don't know where to look for information and we don't trust ourselves. And this is what I, this is really about trusting yourself. Mm -hmm. We haven't learned how to trust that when we get super quiet, we know what to do. And, you know, it really is dependent on what's happening in your life. I've heard from people who have elderly parents. That's one scenario. People who are in big cities, second scenario. My son who's at college, third scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has their own thing. How on earth can we wait for one big World Health Organization or the CDC to tell us what to do? So they're going to put out these huge block <laughs> formats of how to do this. And We know sometimes, and everybody check with yourself, you know some of this stuff is crazy. Like no longer going and visiting people who are sick. How are we going to do that? How are we going to stop visiting? Because one of the things that heals people is this love that we carry, that we feel so strongly and is so powerful. It lights up a room. It radiates But it's getting trumped. By fear right now, everybody's like mass hysteria is like, it's almost like trying to crush the love. And so it's like, we need, I know. So it's like, well, the reason I think we're doing this podcast right now on this topic, it's like to encourage people to stay in their loving and to realize how powerful their energy is. And that, like, I know, like right now, like if I go out tonight and I just buy into the hysteria, what happens is there's people who look at me as an authority in some way. And they will listen to what I say, and they could get tethered into the group mentality. Or I can go out and be in my loving and say it's going to be okay and talk about faith and talk about staying you know, in the field with everybody and oneness, all that stuff, and possibly move them from their fear field into the loving field. Well, more than possibly, because... Um, scientifically, since everybody likes science right now, but there is, you know, you know what they call it when you're a doctor, they call it your practice. And it's because you actually don't know a lot of answers, but you know what to practice with Mm. people and you practice on people (laughs) and we're hoping that it works, but we honestly don't know. So So that's probably why I said possibly, because it's like, I didn't want to make a claim that I can't, you know, physically right. proof right now, but so I was practicing. You're practicing hum- humility. <laughs> what we do know, though, is that the power of a field of love actually entrains people to it. And what we're not saying is that there's one answer. What we are saying is the one answer is inside you. Your mm. answer is inside you. So if if <laughs> I am eating in restaurants and tipping people who have lives so that they can continue to live and they don't have to close the restaurants and run away, right? I'm not so worried, but I'm paying attention in every moment and 
I went to a musical thing the other night and there was a woman standing next to me in the bathroom whose nose was running. And I'm like, nose running, not coronavirus. That's not mm-hmm. a symptom. Pay attention. And I don't want to get sick from her. <laughs> so I was like, nee, 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 moving across the bathroom, but not hysterically. Like, oh yeah, I know the facts. That's not what that is. The What I was talking about, about entrainment though, this is really important to know because if you hold this field of love, the people around you who are afraid will actually want to feel like you feel. Mm-hmm. Not You're not saying a word. I'm not telling you to go out in the world and tell everybody they're crazy for what they're doing. Right. I'm saying, hold your truth in this massive love field and use the intelligence that comes to you from that place. Be kind, be loving, be understanding. Understand why if, I, if my mother was still in my house and I was going out and coming in, I would be so careful. If I had an infant, whew, yeah. I would be so careful. I would, I, I would not have a baby in a hospital right now. That would be my choice. But if I had to, then I would be so careful, you know? So how do we just love what everyone is doing? Even people who overreact to the overreaction, which could sometimes be me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you could see me. I came rolling into your house today like, ah! you know, <laughs> it was like, I hate because the, you know, the tether just got hooked and I was so surprised by it. And, you know, like you were saying, everybody's going, everyone's having their own experience around it in a way that they could potentially be affected by this, you know, shutting down of schools and businesses and, and the ripple effect that it potentially can have. Huge. It will have. The way we're handling this will have a huge ripple effect. I'm not in charge. I cannot change public policy. I cannot decide if colleges get closed or not. What I can decide is how I am with the experience in the moment, day to day. And I'm telling you, some moments I'm way better than others <laughs> when I'm trying to sort out how to handle the logistics. But if we trust that there is something in this that is really like, this is reorienting the world, there's mm-hmm. no question we're suddenly finding out like life is normal. It's like stopped on a dime. Yeah. We live in a small town. Most stuff still happening. Restaurants are open. We don't have any confirmed cases in our well, I town. I think that's why I feel so insulated from we it are. Or, or why I haven't been aware of the hysteria as much because we're not in a big city. It's like yesterday I had to drive down to LA and it was just like, Everybody was, t- it was just, yeah. the energy there was so palpable with fear. And I'm sitting in a waiting room at a doctor's office <laughs> and it's like, just everybody was talking and everything shutting down. And, and I think that's actually where my hysteria started, started to build. Yeah the, yeah. the seed was planted yesterday and I realized it's nothing it like just a doctor's kinda, office. <laughs> oh yeah. And, uh, but so here's the thing, right? Wherever you go, you're a healer. If you land in your spacious loving, even for one second, you've healed something for someone else. If you come in contact with someone and you bow to them, if you mash elbows, whatever people are doing that is satisfying and is what the other person wants, because we're honoring other people's choices now. We don't know what their path is. But can you stay calm? Can you stay out of your own story about this is stupid, which I can get caught in, <laughs> um, and and be the healers, like we, you, our audience, the people we love the most in this world who are spreading this love for us, can you take this seriously? 
this is an opportunity to be the love and be the healing that we Which need I on didn't our planet. Do. So I'm sitting in that doctor's office yesterday, and because I'm up in my head about, you know, the reason I was at the doctor's office, it's like their conversation, I wasn't in my like field of loving necessarily. Right. I wasn't even prepared to kind of have my loving armor on walking into the city. So their conversation, it like dove inside of me because I wasn't being aware in that moment. I wasn't being yeah. conscious of what I was allowing to come into my field. I'm just yeah. now putting that piece together, you know, in this moment in this podcast of like, oh, if I would have been in my loving or been in my healing space, I would have sat in that waiting room, holding the light, yeah. sending them love to their fears, talking to their soul, not not talking to them. I don't need to have a conversation with them, but I could literally like talk to their soul and tell them they're going to, they're safe. They're going to be okay. We're okay. Like I could have started doing my yeah. work in that moment and I didn't. But I we was, don't always. Right. You're absolutely right. I mean, we, just like you guys out there in this beautiful world is we get scared and we do it a hundred times a day. And then the point is that it's about coming back, mm -hmm. coming back to the loving. And what I wanted to say to you is, is one of the facts are that when your nervous system is calm, that people entrain to you. Right. And that's what happens around people like the Dalai Lama. Right. Mm -hmm. It happens around. That's why people want to be in the presence of those kinds of people because there's a breath in them that's open and wide and can take you in without any concern about disease and illness. And here's another beautiful piece of this we absolutely can affect other people from wherever we are. Mm -hmm. So my son is across the country. I'm not just watching what's going on over there. I'm with him in consciousness. Mm -hmm. So I'm envisioning him in wholeness and radiance and vibrant health. Mm -hmm. And he is being held in this. And then I'm going to do it for the whole campus because <laughs> God knows I want those kids to stay in college. I want them to keep moving and learning and graduating. Like, this mama does not want to be paying tuition for them to be sitting on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> there's that too. And I just I just know that there's no need for that to happen. As, as, as scared as we are that it might, it's, there's no need. So what we do is we go deep into this place of trust and just... Like, what if we could all just tell ourselves, no matter what happens here, it's all going to be okay? Mm -hmm. And then what is my contribution? And listen for the answer. Yeah. Today, my contribution is sending love and wholeness mm -hmm. to my son and his campus, his teachers, his food service people. Yeah. <laughs> like, and being right here where I am and making sure that my field is clean and clear and open. And then I fall out. <laughs> and then jump back in. And I get shovel out, and I shovel all the crap out, and I get clear again, and I step back in. Can I tell you how quick this stuff works? Yeah. So when I walked into your house an hour ago, I was in complete terror over a business deal possibly falling, falling mm. through, right? Yeah. And because of this hysteria, I'm sure everybody's you know looking at their stock accounts and watching you know what's happening there, and people are worried about oh are their shifts going to be cut back at work, and so it's it people are aware of their money in this moment, and so I was like oh great I'm in this financial negotiation right now, 
fuck, if we don't, you know, lock this deal down now, it's going to go away and then it's going to be devastating to me. You know, I came into your house with that story and we talked it through and you were just holding me in the loving and the light. And I was like, I know, I know what you're saying is true, but I still just need to say this. And I was still kind of battling back and forth. And then I had a moment of when you, you know, you were saying to me, what if the highest good isn't for the deal to go forward? Maybe it's the highest good for it to get blocked because something better needs to happen. And in that moment, I was like, I know you're so right. I know that's the truth. Like, it doesn't matter whether I view the deal going through as a catastrophe or not. It's like, whatever happens is perfect and it's the way it's supposed to happen. So I came it back into alignment. I came back into the field around that. And five minutes ago, my phone just dinged. The deal's on. (laughs) That's so great. So within one hour, something that I've spent the last eight hours freaking out about because I had stepped out of the field, Mm -hmm. when I pulled myself back into the field, it the deal shifted and it rolling along. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And I'm so excited for you too, because it's a big deal. It is a big deal. And, you know, one part of me is attached to it happening, but the truth is when you were talking to me, I could actually see how it could be better if it didn't. Mm -hmm. And once you are willing, but your mind has to be calm. Right. You have to step into a place where you really... You know, what is that silly thing that's been going around? Keep calm and carry on. It mm-hmm. is exactly what's true. You, If you operate from love, your actions all are derivative of this field. You don't have to ask yourself, what do I say? What do I do? Where do I go? Who do I show up for? It's like, I have an impulse to send a vision of health and wholeness to my son and everyone on that campus and to surround that campus in light. And to allow it to show itself as a vibrant, whole, healthy campus, as opposed to some of the other choices that are happening around them mm-hmm. and the pressure they're on to maybe make a choice that other schools are making right. and how they're holding and like sending the director of the school this power of like, you know what's right. Don't close this unless you have to. Be strong. You it know? must be so stressful to be in that type oh, of imagine? position and be making those type of calls. And she's meditating. She's right on. Mm-hmm. She's going to make it from the place that, and, and here's that hindsight thing again. When you make a choice from your wholeness, you never have to look back. Because you're you know, making it from love. It's right. the right direction. If there's fear or anxiety exactly. or stress or worry behind the decision, it's not in the field. It's and not. this, it's like, so if we as a group collective, if we all decided in this moment to make decisions about this virus based on everything else, well, in our and lives. everything too, but this is present here. So if like, if, if all these administrators and business owners and government officials were to get on the track of every decision is going to be made with love behind it, it'd be a completely different outcome happening right now. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, Krishnamurti is a spiritual leader and also has quite a presence in Ojai. And one of the things that Krishnamurti is known for holding as his truth, people would ask him, why is he so peaceful? Why is he so settled? Mm-hmm. And he would say, I don't mind what happens. Not attached to the outcome. Not attached. So if this outcome turns into the swirling dervish because I don't mind, 
I'm calm. I'm safe. I'm a home for people who need a space that's warm and loving, whether I can touch them or not. But let's think about Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. She, Her strength of her faith and her loving was so strong. She touched, cared for, touched and cared for very sick people every day. Did that take her out? Are her nuns irresponsible by being present with ill, sick people? No. They're loving, and they have such a tight hold on this power of love, such a focus and a trust Mm -hmm. and a faith, that this little stuff, it's just another story that travels through the world. And they hold the space of loving, and people go to them. So be the person who people go to for love, physically or not. You can protect yourself, whatever your status is. Do Zoom calls with your friends. (laughs) Like, I don't care. Do shots with your friends on Zoom. I don't care. Stay connected. I've been, I guess, hitting part of the economy part a little bit in my Mm -hmm. fears and worries around this. But I realized that a lot of people's hysteria around this comes from their fear of death. Everything goes to our fear of death. Everything does. But this is like bringing it like (laughs) to the surface. And the thing is, is I don't have a fear of death. I am so r- relaxed. Like, if that's the way I'm supposed to go, bring it on. Like, I'm okay. Like, I am not like, and I don't know if that's because of the, the big spiritual experience I had. I think that is the moment where I dropped my fear of death. So mm-hmm. I realized that not everybody has that as like a, a way to boost their faith. So I realize I'm asking for people to like, have this faith component that maybe there was like, but how do we know? Like I had an experience. So it's very easy for me to go, oh, I'm not scared of death because I know what it looks like. But because I don't have that fear, it's almost why I don't watch the news and I don't get into all of these um, hysterical topics because it kind of doesn't matter if it comes into my field or not. I love that, Kristen. And here's another way to look at it if you haven't had a spiritual experience is just how do you feel? Who do you want to be today? And the tricky part is that we are universally held, loved, and abundant, and cared for, and everything that we need is right here for us. When this comes crashing up against something that is breaking down our financial system or our plans for the future— any of that, it really puts us in a tight space with any kind of trust or mm-hmm. faith, right? Mm-hmm. And if we can shift our perspective to my life is happening right here and now, I'm not dying right here and now, and this is the place that I am setting the pace for my future. So I had this guru once. I know it sounds really <laughs> stupid, but I did. He was really cute. I had this giver once. He's this beautiful Indian man mm-hmm. named Anandagiri. And he said, and I like, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And he said, um, <laughs> you don't need a psychic. No, wait, he said, you don't need a psychic. <laughs> he said, all you have to do is look at what you did yesterday and you'll know what the hell is going on today. Mm. So what does that mean to you in this situation? So in this situation, if you're... If you're committed to holding space and being loving, every moment that happens after that moment will be birthed 
from mm-hmm. the loving. Mm-hmm. If you're frightened, which is an obvious possibility for all of us and will come in and out right. from, based on what we know right? and who's suffering that we know and mm-hmm. how scared we are. But every moment we can hang on to the love, the next moment is love. Every moment we're hanging on to the fear, the next moment's fear. But in the next moment, we can change it. Right. We can't, we have to just be right there into the moment. So today when Krista was talking about coming into the house and having this experience of being like, whoa, the whole thing's falling apart. It's going to be so bad. Because it came crashing into my life, right? It, it hadn't did. been, hadn't had any effect on my life until all of a sudden it did. Yeah. And here's the funny thing is Krista was saying, and I love you for just being so honest and clear about this, that you're not afraid of death, but you are afraid of going broke, right? <laughs> it's like, I don't fucking want to be on this like planet. Dying slowly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be homeless and then die. Like, isn't that everybody's worst fear, right? right? Homeless and dying. Because, because, that's, that's because so you funny. run out of money. Yeah, that's so funny. Because but it's, all it's not the, the actual thing. death I'm fearing. No. It's, it's ha- maybe how, how I'm it's going to happen. How it's going to happen what or what I'm going to have to go it, through to get there. It's not the fall. It's the sudden stop. <laughs> you know, it's like, so I, I get that we're not, and many of us have trained ourselves not to be afraid of death for a variety of reasons, mm-hmm. one in which many of us feel like life is eternal. Mm-hmm. But if you are afraid, like just notice what's happening to your life right now. Like, you're, are you driving like a lunatic when you're afraid? Most of us do. Mm-hmm. And, and angry is afraid, and hurting is afraid, and sadness is afraid. Not a genuine upswelling of something, but a something that you get stuck in. Whenever you get stuck in an emotion, it's usually based fear in based. fear. Yeah. If you are going through an emotion like someone you know dies or something happened, it might have a fear signature on it somewhere, but it doesn't have that stuckness feeling, you bring your love back in. You breathe, right? And everything starts to open up. So Krista walks in, she's having this fear thought. She's not afraid of dying. She's afraid of being homeless. That's <laughs> that's her story, right? This credit card bills are getting too high and right. blah, blah, blah. And she's in this massive negotiation that's going to be over, but not yet. Right. And it looks like the answer, quote unquote, is you got to sell, you got to sell for a price, you got to get everything. And that's not the answer. The answer is settle into the space of knowing that this is all preceding this coronavirus. Everything that's happening in the world is happening for our Well, I realized state. part of the, my, the thing with the negotiation, too, was that I was in againstness. And with scarcity. That other, and scarcity. But againstness against the people I'm doing the negotiation with, meaning oh. like... I, part of my fear was I got to get my way, right? I got to get my it. money before they realize they're going to run out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, I, but I realized when you said like, well, what about if that's not the best thing for them? And it was like, oh, wow, I had forgotten that we are in this together. And yeah. if, if my side and the other side are still sides, <laughs> then we got, we still have a problem. We're not we're, one. We're, we're not one. And so this deal that we're working on has to be loving for both people for it to move forward that way, for it to be successful right. negotiation. And so when I realized that, there's that moment of having to go into forgiveness for myself of yeah. like, you know, I forgive myself for the misbelief that I have to be the winner or that I have to, you know, control. come out on top or I have to control or I forgive myself for the misbelief that I'm going to be starving on the streets if this doesn't go through or, you know, there's just, I had to take ownership of that I was creating that againstness. Right, and that there is a win-lose. 
Like a win lose sucks. There's karma created every lose. time we yeah. do win lose. You yeah, know? it has to it's be. It's like, win-win. oh, I pushed that through. Great the house is gonna, you know, burn down tomorrow. You know, like I'm not saying yes. that is directly how it happens, but but it's similar to the I decide, we decide. If it's an I win, it has to be a we win. A we win. A we win. Yeah. And, and if both people aren't feeling that way, then there's something yucky in the karma, like what you just said. Right. So when you're working with your ideas, certainly about the coronavirus, but about every choice, we're going to be making so many choices about our lives based on this. People are going to be making all sorts of vaccines available that I will probably never take because mm-hmm. i that is my truth. I do not believe in that power. I believe things like, you know, green juice, Shots or flu shots. I do not. I believe in whiskey. I believe in. I believe in tequila. You know. I believe in parties. I believe in loving people, and I believe that that actually, when the door opens, I will know what day it is today. I will know if I need to stay home. I will know if I need to go out. I will know if I'm. You know, when my mom died, how hard I was called to get my ass out of my chair, working on my book, and get up there and be with her when she had that experience. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that will ever convince me again that I don't know what's right for me and what's right for my world and how to care for the people I love because it's right here, but you have to invest in it. You have to meditate. You have to care for yourself exquisitely. You have to love yourself. Get in there and be like, who am I? (laughs) And what do I want to give? What if I want to become a nurse because of this experience? Right. We also, because that's another way to look at it, like when things like this happen in our world, we don't know why. So no. we, we're trying to make sense of it right now, and we can't because the, the reason why might be 200 years in the future why, right? So, and, and it could be the best thing that's ever happened for humanity, but we won't know that until 200 years. Can we have faith right now that this is happening for us in right. some way? And when we do that, We calm our bodies down. We calm our nervous system. The parasympathetic nervous system is called the rest and restore system. We're not supposed to go home and freak out. We're supposed to go home and rest, care for our people, care for ourselves, care for our world. Stay in your neighborhood if that's what you have to do. Keep an eye on what but feels But do it lovingly. Right. Yes. Like, don't stay in your neighborhood and then be in fear. No. Like, stay in your neighborhood and caretake and love those around you and do right. it with a And don't abandon right. people and don't be afraid of each other and don't stop smiling. And, you know, <laughs> so the, the call to action here really, I think, is a call to love. Mm-hmm. It is the only, only safety we have because it gives us everything. It gives us intuition. It gives us power. It gives us intelligence. It gives us creativity. It's it, the call to action for everything, for too. This is what we're world. talking about. That's what we mean. Because we talk about these tools, and they're easy to apply when the problems are smaller, right? And we're just like, oh, yeah, I can believe that loving this situation will make it better. But when we start dealing with these bigger ones, it's harder to hold that truth and to hold in that faith. And that's what we're asking of ourselves and, of you know, those out there in the world, like, can you hold this loving the same way for this virus and this world hysteria as you are for, you know, a breakup with your boyfriend? Right. And what about holding the virus in love? Mm. What about saying this virus, if we're attacking this virus constantly, what do you, what happens? Right. No, but what if we're just attacking it? Like attack, attack, attack to this virus? Oh, I see. 
We're sending attack thoughts to it. It's like, fuck you. It gets fuck bigger you. and bigger. I'm getting and bigger. bigger. What you resist persists, right? So it's getting bigger and bigger. What if we say, which is the nature of viruses, anyways, right? They they keep morphing and changing. We keep do. attacking, and they keep getting these. Now we're into superbugs, and right. so so what if? And and there's a difference between the bacteria and the virus, and the virus has its own like really interesting way of flowing. But what if we were to put our arms around this? Mm. And literally, right this second, why don't we do it together? Kumbaya. And put the virus in. Yeah, totally kumbaya. But <laughs> put the virus in the center. You should see us right now. Catherine totally and I have our like, hands out in a big beach ball. We are, and we're holding other. all of you in this circle. Mm. And we've got the virus in the center. And we're loving it and reminding it that it doesn't need to invade and take over and kill, that it can survive in a way that we don't even understand, or it can let go and disappear into the ethers. And we just allow it to be lifted and transmuted into light and return to the earth. Mm. Right? You know what I just envisioned? What? When you were talking about the virus and we were holding it in the middle, I was like, oh my God, this virus is like a big ego it is. that's growing and steamrolling getting bigger and bigger. We just need to look at this And the virus. ego, what does the ego need? So when you approach people who are afraid, which is what we call ego, it's our fear. What do we need? We need love. You don't Apply abandon love to the people. places that hurt. Right. You don't abandon people in their fear. When, when people do things wrong, the best thing we can do is give them love, even when we hold a boundary and say, yeah, you can't do that again, and you may have to go to jail for that. But I love you. But and I, you love. I love you in that deepest way that you are me. Mm-hmm. So let's try to love this virus. Mm. Let it imagine. Uh, yeah, because as a collective, we can imagine the light and the love of, I call it God, but source energy, and just imagining that love encircling the virus and absorbing it. it. Yeah, it's yeah, like just like, softening the edge and absorb us. You don't have to. It's like a big bully, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you don't have to hurt us. We love you. Oh, it is a bully. It's just, it's an ego. And bullies need love, right? And they're fear-based, right? And they grow in a fear base. It's like a Petri dish mm. <laughs> of fear, right? So if we add our love to this and we just soften. Now that, again, this is not about action softening and running out and doing whatever. It's about listening for the actions that derive from the state of loving. What should I do? How should I be? Where, how do I expose my family, my friends, and myself to this or not? But what if it just, the container got so big that the, all of us, and you know what Krista and I would say, instead of spreading hysteria, instead of spreading mm. a virus, let's spread the love, love. together today. Mm, love we that. love you all so much. Thank you for listening and thank you for caring for our world and thank you for being with us. Spread the love. Spread the love. We love you. <laughs>